one thing I wanted to ask you about because um, I, I don't know if I've heard you talk about it so much within your podcast proper, uh, Transformers University, but as a, I, I, I don't even know exactly what to call it, but like part of like a, a legacy member of the Transformers media, you've you've gotten some pretty cool access to to hasbro like you know they they've they've shipped you like boxes and and you've been on like these uh um uh zoom calls with some of the the designers and it's like there's like this like secret cult of like transformers <laughs> content creators that like you know folks like me look on the outside looking in being like i want to talk to mark that would be cool but um I just yeah, I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit about like some of your experience uh, uh, being part of the of the secret media cabal. Yeah. We'll start with that. <laughs> Let's start there. Um, it's not such a secret cabal, I guess. Um, it's gotten the group has gotten fairly large. It's funny Hasbro tends to tends to do this. They um, uh, they they let a lot of people be part of this this media thing. And then at some point, like there's too many, and they start they start cutting people out, and all of a sudden you're like, oh god, do I do I do enough hits? Have I been <laughs> am, I, am I popular enough yeah. to stay in? Stay in? Um, they did that one year, and it was it was very kind of um, scary for those of us who who um, who really do enjoy being a part of it. Um, I think uh, you know I, what what one of the um, Hasbro folks once called us. Um, uh, you know, referred to us as brand ambassadors, you know, that we are, um, we are both the voice of the fans to Hasbro. And we are also um, kind of the buffer for, for Hasbro to the fans, you know, and that we can kind of present things uh, that they necessarily, I wouldn't say they can't, but we can present it in a way that, you know, helps people understand that there are human beings working on this, that, you know, you can talk about Hasbro as this, you know, $5 billion monolith or you can talk about it as there's a team of folks whose job it is to go into work every day and create the best possible transformers toy line for um not just for us to enjoy but for kids to enjoy and to you know you know to um better their own personal lives better their careers like you know people want to be successful at what they do so that you know the to always you know to be a person who's who's kind of connected with those folks to think like you know, when people go on a message board or, or on Twitter or, you know, social media, like Hasbro doesn't care about the fans or Hasbro doesn't, um, you know, wants to put out a, you know, doesn't put out a quality product. You know, they're, they're, that's a short-sighted view. Um, sometimes there are, there are mitigating factors. Sometimes there are just things that that just kind of fall outside of our, our purview because we're not in it day to day. Um, I think you know being on the being on the inside it's kind of cool it, i mean i'm not gonna lie it's cool it's cool that we get to you know myself and, and and the other folks who are on that we get to kind of be part of this and part of kind of what like i said being the voice of the fans to them um there's a lot in earthrise and kingdom that i i feel came out of a question and answer session that we had with hasbro in in at toy fair uh the year they announced siege Okay. Um, in that a lot of us said, what, they're like, well, what do you want? And we were like, Beast Wars and Quintessons. And, you know, it'd be cool if you did an arc that we could have. Like, there were things, like, <laughs> I could think back to that conversation. I was like, either we pegged everything they wanted to do, or 
they took what we told them because they were all those conversations were recorded um and they took what we told them and ran with it so you know so that in in that sense you know it's 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 um it's interesting being a part of of the the phone calls now because it's all virtual so the groups get a lot bigger um and you know it's it, it's certainly uh, uh i'm trying to figure out where i'm going with this but it's um you know, it, it's one of the things I pride myself on, on that. I, yeah. It's one of the things that I feel like as someone who's contributed to this fandom, it's like if having that access and having that, um, and uh, it, you know, having that kind of um, reputation as someone who's going to, you know, present that in a fair way, um, mm -hmm. it means a lot to me. It means a lot in terms of, of you know, knowing that I'm, I'm, I'm a trusted member of the community. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and uh, you know, we, we, we've talked a little bit about integrity and it it's because of your consistency of opinions it's it's influenced my opinions like in terms of like you know because it, it is easy to be influenced by the noise of message boards and and how fickle this uh this this fandom could be but i feel like when i when i read the stuff that you post and i listen to your podcast it it kind of it kind of sets me square back on the path and kind of uh because like uh, again i i mentioned that uh um that youtube channel that that i kind of sort of it, it i can't even call it a feud because like he called me names and i blocked him on twitter that's the end of it but but it's like he um has a very anti-hasbro stance you know, like you would put out videos and say, like, you know, don't back the the Haslab Rancor, uh, demand more figures, that that kind of thing. He's, he's one of those knuckleheads. Um, seems to know frightening frighteningly little about Transformers. <laughs> like, so like said said nothing like during the Star Saber cam campaign and mentions Unicron is like just kind of like a weird footnote. It's very very bizarre. I'm not trying to litigate that here, but what I'm saying is like, so I I've been exposed to kind of like anti-Hasbro sentiment, but when I check out your stuff, that, that kind of like puts me back on the path, if, if, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, uh, you know, the, one of the things I always find funny, um, I find really amusing is when, and, and, and you know that I'm not a, a third party person, but people are like, well, third party did this better, or third party, third party's doing the things we want, the characters we want. And the thing that always pops in my head is, is well, one, um, they can do what they want because they don't have to kind of adhere to any sort of child safety laws. Right. They're, they can add in extra features because they're working at a smaller scale of quantity. So I always say like, well, they're only, if they're making 10,000 figures and something, you know, adding a feature costs a nickel per figure. Right. So, that, you know, that's 10,000 times 0.5. That's what it's like a couple of, it's maybe We'll see. It's not even temper. So it's like five hundred dollars more in their expenses, right? But if Hasbro does that, and something costs a nickel more per figure, and they're producing a million figures, <laughs> you know, that yeah. starts to you know, it's a big difference. And then the other idea is like, well, if they're shipping ten thousand figures, right? Putting that on a boat is is you know, in terms of weight. Hasbro does some change that raises the weight of something by two ounces or an ounce, and they're doing that times a million. <laughs> like there's this scale that's involved yeah. that changes how everything works. 
So I think when people are like, oh, third party does better. Well, no, they just don't have, a, they don't have as nearly as many restrictions on them. Um, the other thing is, you know, when they sit, they're playing with things they're not supposed to be playing with in a way. Like, they're not their characters. They didn't invest in terms of creating those characters into the characters we love. So, like, you're supporting them for basically copying um, somebody else's work. You know, you can talk about Hasbro not create, not doing things for the fans, but, like, they create the media. They pay for the people to write the stories and draw the stories and animate the stories. Um you know that that just doesn't just happen <laughs> at somebody's <laughs> job right yeah so like if hasbro is shelling out the money for that then they're entitled to to reap the rewards from that um so i, I i'm trying to remember i'm trying to remember where your question kind of was leading us but um i i would say that uh it was just roll me back here a second. Where 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 did you drop me off on this uh, conversation? Oh <laughs> man, we're both we, kind of rambling we, we, at this point. Yeah, yeah, we we were still in the in the um, oh uh, uh, true north, like you know uh, uh, Hasbro positivity. I, again, I think I think a lot of fans get bogged down in you know what what they perceive as like the the crass consumerism and uh, oh uh, you know a frame a refrain I hear commonly is oh well you know they can afford it. And, and I think it's the short-sightedness of not appreciating economy of scale. So like right. you, you were talking about like parts count and weight and, and considerations that folks of boutique collectibles don't necessarily. And, and I think even now the fandom still has a hard time parsing out uh, low run premium format figures with mass retail figures. Right. And so I, I, I think I think that's kind of I think that's kind of where where we were on that. And I think that's kind of asked and answered. Right. Um, so but yeah, so I mean, it, it is it is an interesting thread to pull at when it's like, you know, third party is is better or whatever or because I, I would say and obviously it's, you know, a, a different topic for a different time with maybe a different group of folks. Um, I, I keep promising that i'm gonna do aaron v ant uh you know like because because <laughs> he he's he he is 3p all the way um you know so like third party versus a, a official uh you know to the death or something like that um i i keep promising it but i, I have done nothing to try to schedule it <laughs> i i feel like that would be terribly anticlimactic though because yeah. my my ultimate answer is always but it's not official <laughs> it's still not actually transformers like when right. you get down to it so like you know like to you like the you know the the movie stuff like if it has the logo on it, it it's important like right. if it doesn't have the logo on it then yeah. why do i care about it <laughs> i love it so so from there though i i do kind of want to talk about um access because it's like you've uh um you see a lot of stuff you see a lot of stuff that that's revealed um what do you use as i guess your personal guideline what you share and what you don't because there are contemporaries of yours that that have like the same access to the same material that i would say are not as judicious as you and this might 
loop back all the way back to existential dread cast like you know it's like our folks like leaking stuff for for the uh, not leaking stuff but revealing stuff that's been revealed to them to get the clicks and it's like why are they getting the clicks and i'm not you know so it's like it, it it's all kind of like in that soup but what's what's your compass you know it goes it goes back to integrity too and in that um um you know it's not my news to reveal um you know if something leaks you know or if someone gets a a you know a stolen prototype i try not to um promote them because the, that's just encouraging them right so mm -hmm. yes they're getting the clicks but then they're getting more via me um so i'm not gonna push that like look it's out there i will i can comment on it i you know eventually the news is out there there's really you know you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube so it's like you're gonna have to, to do something you know and and so it, it'd be unfair to to my viewership my readership whatever you want to call it um to not talk about it um mm. but uh i'm not gonna be the one to put it out there um there's been times things have fallen into my lap I'll tell you, last year's entire line fell into my lap in February. Um, so I had a had a large idea of what was coming. And in fact, there are things that still haven't been revealed that were, and I, I have images for it and everything. And I'm like, that's not my job to to reveal these. Um, I can drop hints. I can I can be coy and have some fun with with, <laughs> with people because it's entertaining to me. It's not necessarily sure. going to drive up my, you know, my, my hit count, my viewership. I'm not profiting off of it. Um, I think that's where, where I draw the line. Like, um, look, I understand really for some of us, this is a way to make money, but like, uh, if I'm going to sacrifice my integrity, uh, to do it, uh, then I, I probably won't do it. Um, then yeah. it's just, just, that's just me. Uh, I think, you know, I think that's where the line is. Some people, you know, they want to try to make a name for themselves. Um, I don't need to do that. Uh, you know, the website's coming up on its 20th anniversary. Uh, wow. I've done a good job. Of Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, so, like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't need to, you know, I, I can say I've done it the hard way. I probably have. I'm sure there, you know, the, I could have, you know, I could still leak parts of this deck about things that haven't been revealed. Um but I'm, uh, you know, I'm not going to, especially since, um, because I do have that relationship with Hasbro. Like, I don't want to jeopardize that. That's, right. um, again, when it comes down to being a business, like that, though, that's some of my highest traffic stuff. That is, you know, that information and the, that coverage that, you know, that, that's, you know, something that's rare for a lot of people, you know? Yeah, great. If you can get a leaked photo and get it out there, it's great. Can you get the next leaked photo? Can you get the next leaked photo? I at least know Look, Hasbro is going to include me on Toy Fair. They're going to include me on New York Comic Con. They're going to include me on these these calls when they want to have the designers just talk to us and pick our brains. Like, you know, that's much more valuable to me than any clicks or or, or any any sort of you know hits or whatever you want to call it. I, I feel like sometimes there are there are certainly members within this fandom and even within the folks that um that that are part of these these Hasbro calls that feel that it's a competition. That feel like we are we are competing with each other for for the same eyeballs and it's like eh, we're really not uh <laughs> let's, right let's, let's look at it in perspective we're still a fairly small fandom in, in right. the scheme of things 
and people bounce around. You know, we're not. This isn't Marvel. This isn't Star Wars. This isn't, you know, the, this isn't a sports team. Like there, there's just, you know, our numbers are not nearly anywhere close to any of those. And 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 to think that we have everyone's attention, especially now where it's it's harder and harder to get people to a filter to one place. It's it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I and I think when we get too stuck in our own fandom bubble i think it's a lot of like forest from the trees type of type of perspective it's mm -hmm. like it's like i i have to take a step back from whatever fandom i'm participating in and realize in terms of like the overall culture it's like nobody knows what the hell we're talking about you know yeah. it's it, it's it's but it but it's easy to look lose that perspective when you're so entrenched in it either like consuming content making content or in the cases of folks like us both you right. know it's yeah it's it, it's it's endlessly fascinating but i i guess the thing i wanted to ask you about specifically is like the specific mechanics of like so does like so Hasbro will give you like a slideshow and then like, do they say like, I mean, like what, what kind of like instructions do they give? So like, if, if like I got like sensitive material with like no instructions, I, I don't know if I would know what to do with it or what the expectation is. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we don't get necessarily sensitive material. Um, sent to us in any way um maybe a day or two before depending on, on what the product is and what the thing is sometimes we'll get um if if they want us to be the people that that put out the information they'll send us um a dropbox link with photos okay um to say hey here and these are embargoed until this time you know the uh, 12 midnight eastern time on this date you know whatever it is um so you can set up your stories but you can't publish anything until till then that's yeah. one scenario um you know in previous years at toy fair um and if you go back i don't know if it's got to be archived somewhere but the 2020 toy fair was the presentation that we got um exclusive access to uh prior to 2020 in 2020 they webcast the whole thing um that was always a no pictures allowed here's a slideshow and here's the things we're revealing um very similar to what they would do at a botcon panel when they when the botcon was around an official um probably very close to what you would probably see at a um tfcon third party panel sure. where it's you know uh, here here's our deck and here's what's coming out and and um you know it used to be the rule was don't take pictures you know at botcon too even at the official conventions um those decks now when you see slides leak are usually from sales presentations sent to buyers uh for um you know retailers so like that one you see uh for the the slide that leaked for cybertron metroplex right mm -hmm. that that is a now I, I i i think it had the buyer's name email address like watermark it's watermarked it. yeah right but that was sent to either sent to him or shown to him in some sort of, or her, in a Teams meeting maybe, or, or some sort of slide share, you know, kind of situation. Um, and then someone photographed it, either on the buyer's team, on the Hasbro side. I mean, it could really could, could have been anyone, uh, you know, who was part of that meeting. You don't know how many people are in that, that call. Mm. Um, for example, the deck that I, I have from last year, um, 
is the one that that the one that leaked. Same thing. It's I mean, it is someone taking photos of the of a slide deck to a buyer. Um, I I would say generally we get a press release where we get contacted from our press folks. You know, with with a, something of, hey, we want you to participate in. We want to know if you can participate in whatever it is. Uh, here's the dates. Here's the information. Write us back, and then we go from there. So that's how a lot of these press calls happen. Is hey, we want to have a Zoom call on, you know, next Friday. Uh, you know, would you want to take part? If so, we'll send you. The, let us know, and we'll send you a link the information okay. a day or two beforehand. So next thing you know, you're you're talking to Mark being shown Kingdom Blaster. <laughs> right. And they don't necessarily tell us what the calls are going to be about. Um, okay. You know, a year ago they did with one. They were like, we want to mail you the first wave of Kingdom. What's your address? Um, and we, then we're going to have a phone call and you can tell us what you think. We're going to have an opening party. And so we did like an unboxing party with, you know, with, with the designers and, and with the other groups. And we went through like one by one, um, went through the figures and kind of gave our initial reactions to it. Mm. Um, so it was kind of almost like a focus group in a lot of ways, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, and, and then, uh, and while we're doing that, they're telling us some of the behind the scenes stuff about the characters or about the designs or, or, or what, what have you. Um, the more, the recent calls have been more Q and A. Uh, they'll reveal some figures to us, show us slides in them. Uh, one's, it was weird the last time because it was like, here's all the Studio Series stuff that we just told everyone about three days ago. Uh, so like none of it was new, but we kind of got to do the the behind the scenes stuff of like, here are the design sketches. And then they didn't tell oh, us they were going to show us RC. We just found out we were going to see Studio Series RC um, when they did it. And same thing with like mark showing us his desktop with <laughs> with all that stuff on it none of that was planned no, at least not to our knowledge um mm -hmm. you know people like oh he left all that stuff there for us to see i, I don't think he did <laughs> that was just <laughs> that was just dumb luck but they told us we could take screen caps like they didn't even tell us ahead of time if we could take screen caps um you know it was weird because they like they tell us like the information from those calls are embargoed until a certain time so like we can't right. even talk about being on those calls till after they're done and then sometimes a few hours after that interesting that it's it's just such a fascinating world you know just uh um again just it has the air of you know, uh, wine caves and just, you know, people, people in like, you know, special robes and stuff like that. It just, it just sounds very, very cool. We are the stone cutters. Uh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> like that you were picking up on what I was putting out. That's, that's great. But, uh... We do. <laughs> I, I keep, I keep, um, I, it, it's, it's been, a while since since I've reached out to to Hasbro because like you know I've talked about on on this podcast a number of times I'd really like to get Mark on and just mm -hmm. just because like he he is uh he's he's captured our imagination in a way that like one of these design folks just like hasn't and has just become like this big personality like over over like the last two years it, it's just like uh, oh i'm gonna show up at fan first friday oh no mark i'm out <laughs> call me back when you bring mark we want mark and i kept i kept putting that like in the chats and stuff hopefully they're they're reading that along with uh more target exclusives please yes <laughs> 
I've, I've, uh, I, I've, um, see, you, as, as influential in good ways, you, you also, uh, influence me in bad ways as well. So now I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, release the Snyder Cut, more, uh, more, uh, more Target exclusives. And... Who controls the British crown? Who keeps the metric system down? We do. We do. Who leaves Atlantis off the maps? Who keeps the Martians under wraps? We Legacy in the future. Uh, we we kind of wanted to talk about um, uh, the comics a bit because kind of like the um, well, quite frankly, the 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 comics uh, licenses kind of in flux. You know, it's like I don't know if anything is confirmed whether um, IDW is going to uh, retain the license, but it does make things. Um, interesting as we go into, as you mentioned earlier in the show, kind of a, a um, uh, I forget how you phrased it, like, you know, kind of like a, like a lull period where there really isn't a whole lot. And I don't know if it's a great time for the, or maybe it's the perfect time for the comics license to be in flux. What, uh, what do you think? Um, I, I think, yeah, it's interesting. I think the comics license is more in flux, not because of, anything that is going on with the content. Hmm. I mean, and I, I mean, and I don't necessarily feel great about a lot of the content, but I think um, the license is in flux because IDW is not doing too well financially. <laughs> like, ah, okay. you know, they, you know, the fact that they just, and you know, they just cut Bar John Barber loose. Um, and, and, you know, as editor in chief, and then they, the, you know everything I've heard in the last year, year and a half, is that they're they're not making a lot of money, uh, and they're losing a lot of money to their um, television production side, um, which they which they don't have a lot. They have Winona Earp, uh, which is one of their books ported to mm -hmm. TV, um, uh, starring Mrs. McMurray from from uh, Letterkenny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't watched it, but uh, on that alone, I probably would. Uh, See, and, and to interrupt you for to interject it for just a sec, I I have a axe to grind um, against that show, not content wise, but because they they uh, the Winona Earp stands must be related to the Snyder Bros because their tactics are very similar. Like okay. there's been more than a few posts where like when um, IDW would put out like a uh, it was it was a um, Oh, I want to say maybe it was like Andrew Griffith's first G.I. Joe issue or something. And then like it got spam bombed by folks like, when's there another season of Winona Earp? And I, I've seen that like a number of times. And really, when I see that kind of like spam bombing, it's like, well, whatever it is that you're advocating for, not only will I not participate, but I will actively root <laughs> against. So because of that, I, 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 I can't with the Winona Earp. Sorry. <laughs> I, um, you know, it's funny because that leads me to to something I'm planning on, on talking about on my show is like what what causes us to engage with a property. Um, mm. that's, that's a conversation for another day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, IDW is not doing necessarily well. 
Um, so I think Hasbro is, is hedging their bets um, to see what else is out there and, and who else can take the property. Um, because, you know, it's not that Hasbro's pulling the license from IDW, right? You got to remember that mm. the, in, 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 the set, in the case of, in the case of BotCon, going back to earlier, um, there were things that BotCon did that Hasbro was like, yeah, we're not letting you have the license again. Um, I think, you know, in the terms of IDW, it's not that they're doing anything that's going to say Hasbro's going to like, you know, we don't want you to have the license. It's, hey, the license is up. It's open for bids. What company wants in on this? Uh, because the license is something that that company pays Hasbro for. So mm -hmm. for Hasbro, it's it's an auction. It's who wants it and who's going to do the best with what we're giving you. So, you know, they want to get the most. First, they're going to make money off it regardless because said comic book company is paying Hasbro to do it. Um you know, and so so Hasbro is looking at it. It's it's any all this licensing is is a cash cow for them. Um, so IDW getting it isn't necessarily financially bad for Hasbro. It's just that if if they're more probably more worried is can can IDW actually pay us because they're losing money? <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> you know what happens if they sense. go bankrupt? Because mm -hmm. then they won't, they don't have to pay us. So, so, and then the license is caught up in contractual hell for until, until either IDW folds or the license expires. So I, it's probably more of a, Hey, let's shop this around. If it goes to skybound, I think that's a great fit. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Robert Kirkman as a fan, um, one as a fan, he, I don't know if he gets transformers, but he certainly loves Transformers the movie, from what I could tell, and, yeah. and you know, early G1. Um, but as a creator, he's someone who takes a lot of weird risks, which yeah. I think Transformers fans and Transformers comic book fans appreciate. You know, mm -hmm. you look at early Walking Dead comics, I mean, there's a lot of risks there. There's a lot of stuff that you don't see in early 2000s comics. A lot of commentary on same-sex relationships, a lot of commentary on on you know uh you know race uh, i think i think you know for for a creator like you know kirkman kind of did, did you know you talked about the walking dead in the context of the tv show which came out way later than the comic sure you know the comic itself focuses on a lot of strange things look he's taken some wrong turn somewhere he's done some storylines where you're like what i mean i don't know if you i've read the entire run of both the walking dead and invincible there are times where you're oh, like, okay you know especially with invincible where you're like Oh, yeah. that's a little cringy. Oh, that's a little out of nowhere. Um, that's shocking for shocking sake. You know, like, you know, but he takes risks either way, mm -hmm. um, which makes for interesting books. And so I, I have no problem with with it going to Skybound. I have no problem as a fan thinking that, that that's going to be in good shape. And, you know, one thing people, and I haven't heard anyone mention, is that one of his earliest, you know, writing gigs, Kirkman, was writing Masters of the Universe comics. Right. Um, yeah. He did For, uh, the, the DC, Origins right? of Evil series. Yeah. Yeah. It's and and all of his uh, early Marvel stuff. You know, it's like fo folks, you know, forget about like that Ant Man run that he did, and you know, a, bu a bunch of other stuff. He he did like a uh, a Marvel team up book that was um, delightfully bizarre and kind of like that that kind of Kirkman esque type of type of thing and it's so weird like i i met him at a uh comic convention in seattle like i don't know 15 years ago and back when like 
his hot book on the stands was like the irredeemable Ant-Man. And it's just so, I mean, so we're like years away from Walking Dead. And it's just, it, it's weird when you have those kinds of moments, whereas like he would later come back to the Emerald City uh, Comic Con, but he would be like in the same bullpen that they would put like Stan Lee and Leonard Nimoy in, you know, with like the celebrities and stuff. It's like, yeah, it's it, it's it's just very bizarre. Whereas uh, uh, when I when I saw him, he was just a dude with a table. It's it's just very bizarre. But I wish that I had known then what I know now about his affection for Transformers the movie, because I'd have just stood at his table and talked to him about that way back then. And so he's gone on the record a number of times, like he was on uh, Kevin Smith's show. Um, he he did a thing with Chris Hardwick and and that 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 Chris Hardwick podcast is especially painful because like you could you could hear where like Hardwick's like, I, I no longer have any idea what you're talking about. And and for for me, he's just talking about the movie, you know, and like characters and situations in the movie. And it's like, oh, and you know this and that and the Quintessons and this and that. And, and it's like, yeah, I yeah, that stuff. Um, dinosaur guy, you know, it's just, yeah, it was, it, but it was very interesting to hear him talk about how his appetite for risk in his own writing was largely influenced by seeing that movie, which I, I thought really kind of um, uh, resonated with me, especially uh, being such a fan of it. But I I, just, I I thought that was like a really cool revelation that that I had uh, come across this last year. Um, Let's see. I, I have Invincible here in the in the notes also, because like once upon a time we were going to do an Invincible cast, but uh, oh yeah, that would have been yeah, <laughs> that would have been fun. <laughs> that would have been fun, and I, th I think what had happened is we had missed the window. It's yes. like it's like oh yeah, we should do an Invincible cast, and then it became like months after it dropped. That show rules, and and it's and I, I think what really kind of cemented the the uh, and I think maybe this was before. Or I had heard those Kirkman interviews. I, I had seen the first episode of the show. I I wasn't a reader of the comic, so the the show is my first exposure to uh, to the property, and so you get to the end of that first episode, and it goes as hard as it does, and then then I hear Kirkman talk about being uh, you know kind of affected by Transformers the movie. I'm like, oh, it's it's just the shuttle attack. I get it now. You know, yeah. it's like, and, and so like I was, I was able to like instantly uh, connect that. But yeah, I mean, what a, what a terrific show! I, yeah, I'm, and there's I'm, stakes, you know, there yeah. there there's stakes involved. I think it's gonna be interesting to see how they correct. I don't want to say correct, but there are some things that happen in the, in the comic that are either weird weird departures from from their the storytelling, or or things that are yet yeah, are are, are kind of cringy uh, in a modern context. And so yeah. we'll we'll see it. We'll see how they go. Um, hopefully they'll they'll find ways to to kind of rewrite it and rethink some of that <laughs> stuff. Uh, you know, circling back real quick to Transformers comics. Um, I don't know if you're reading current IDW. I know I'm no. I'm a bit behind. Uh, I, I just want to, you know, one of the observations I've made is, is I, I'm okay with it. Um, I'm okay with it going away from the current story, you know, going into another, another reboot at some point. <laughs> um, if only, and, and I was when Lost Light and, and, the, and Optimus Prime ended with the Unicron series, because I felt like we were too weighed down by, um, by continuity at that yeah, point. Yeah, it was like, like 13 you, years of continuity. It was, yeah, that it, you, it was you really had to. 
Yeah, and and so like it was time for a reboot, but I think the issue they've had with the current reboot and about a year ago there were two issues. Issues twenty four and twenty five were really good, and the rest of Brian Ruckley's run, I realized is that he's done a great job world building. He's done a great job crafting a story, but he has not adapted to the comic book medium uh, mm. properly. So uh, there, there's a good story there, but it's told with all the style and grace of a ransom note. So it's like, they're, it's just, they, they switch artists, they switch stories, they jump back and forth to things where it just doesn't fit the medium. Like this is like, oh yeah, this works in a book in text but when you get to a visual medium it's it's just hard hard to read and it's it's been a hard read for i i they're in the the mid-30s but they were doing bi-monthly for a while so it's like two years worth of of comics where there's like two really good issues and a lot of like i I don't remember where these two were before uh why did we jump to this page this scene for two pages and then jump back like and and there's a failing also on the other end. Again, I don't know if this is Ruckley or the editors um, in terms of putting in the story together in this way. There's a failing in from the editors and from the letterers in, in establishing where we are at particular times. So oh, I think sure, those are sure. the two things that, that have um, really hurt the current series. So, and again, if sales are down, IDW is not doing well, that license is going to move on to another company. Yeah. When, when, um, a light bulb exploded over my head when we were kind of talking about uh, bankruptcy potentially. I was like, I, I was like, oh my god, this is, it could potentially just be Dreamwave all over again. You know? uh, I don't think it'll ever be that bad. <laughs> no, I don't think it'll be that bad. But like in, in terms of like you you were talking about like a a bankruptcy and then like the yeah the Hasbro's hedging getting... their bets at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, because they've been there, and, and I think. I, I had forgotten about that, and I think uh, maybe uh, other fans had forgotten about that as well. You've heard what Mike thinks. Now tell him what you think on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Mike Seibert Radio. One, one of the perspectives of yours that I have come to genuinely respect and treasure over like the last year is the perspective of enjoy things and you know you you've kind of almost made it part of your your branding and your interaction you're like you know yeah 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 enjoy things and i think some of that is kind of uh perhaps spurned on by the uh uh uh, criticism reaction whatever you want to call it to the uh masters of the universe uh revelation uh kevin smith show uh but i think it's i I, it's also kind of been uh, I personally contextualize it is just like, quit being salty fans. I, I find myself kind of at a, at a number of times being like, am I just being salty for the sake of it? Why don't we just let people enjoy things? Um, uh, could you kind of talk about what kind of how you've landed on that on that mentality and just uh, kind of how that might be like a, a different uh, philosophical take for you? Yeah, um, I think, you know, I think part of it goes to you know, we're so ingrained, and, and I don't know if this is a generational thing. I don't know if this is more our generation versus the younger generation that we've built our identity on the things we like, right? So, you know, um, I think in high school, it's it's really, you know, when, when I was in high school, like, 
it was you know what music do you listen to like how did you know you dressed like the music you listened to and Uh uh and and you kind of built your your friend group around that and the people you interacted with around that and it was the things you enjoy kind of informed the people you were with right um but you know i've come to realize this is that like look we're what we're doing here isn't um there's no life or death aspect to it right we're not we're not doctors we're not is this isn't you know buying a toy or not buying a toy isn't going to um save someone's life it isn't going to make someone's life worse um so it's it's meant to be fun toys are meant to be fun you know i joke about people who are box collectors like yourself like open those up because like they're meant to be played with right um i mean i am just slow at opening things up it's why i got a pile of of stuff to open i also have a three-year-old so like there are times where i'm like (laughs) i don't want to open this yet because i don't know when she's going to be in here and and screwing around with it um I think, you know, the the idea is that, look, the, the toys are meant to be fun. TV's meant to be fun. Comic books are meant to be fun. Um, no one's forcing you to watch Read By, you know? Like, sure. No one's yeah. got a gun to your head. You know, the, the, the idea that um, um, oh Hasbro makes us buy this particular figure. No, no, no one's making you buy a figure. I mean, I get it. I mean, I'm kind of a completionist. So, like, I get the... the that that thought process but like in the end you're deciding that so like if you're going to decide that then find the thing that you like in it and find find you know the the way to enjoy it you know not every not every figure is meant to be um this perfect representation of the character not every toy is meant to be super posable and an action figure and a transformer sometimes they're just meant to be something that rolls around on the ground something you could fidget with or click around um you know, I have a, I, I discovered a year, about a, two years ago, probably around the last time I was on the show, um, I picked up a bunch of Cyberverse, like, I guess they were one-step figures um, at five below, and, like, they were just fun. You know, like, they they have, like, these really, actually, hold on, I'm going to grab one, because I let my daughter play with these all the time, but, like, yeah. right, this optimus okay right it's got zero articulation right it doesn't really do much but like it's got this neat transformation that that flips around like all you're doing is turning this one piece and it's transformed like that's just super fun and entertaining to me um that's pretty yeah, cool yeah <laughs> i'm mean, sorry that that's really cool i've never yeah seen so like you know sometimes it's just about like hey is it fun is it is it something i can sit here and do this with for 10 minutes while i'm thinking about work or thinking about you know what i'm gonna make for dinner like there there are different ways to enjoy the same thing um so like just yeah just enjoy it i think you know and just remember that other people enjoy things and they may not be what you like or they may not be um they may not be your norm but there's a reason they like it so if you can look to that reason why does somebody like this you, you start enjoying more things because you try to find the uh, the way they're into that and, and incorporate it into what you like. And then it makes you look at the things you like different. So uh, last question. And one, one sure. is like, it's, it's, a, it, it's another one of those leading the witness uh, types of questions. So you're obviously, you're wearing the shirt. And uh, I was, I was going to say, 
the last question was going to be like, you know, what are some of the the things that you've been enjoying? Like, you know, TV shows, movies, uh, other podcasts, things like that. But uh, I guess the elephant in the room is the is the Motu shirt that that you're wearing, and and it's uh, I, I think you you had you had mentioned disappointing the audience earlier, and I'm not trying to beat you up because 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 you're my buddy and all that. But nope. I I, th I think you still owe uh, uh, Transformers uh, University listeners a, a Motu episode. <laughs> Uh, I do. I do. Um, I, I, I need more Motu from my dude, Ant. I, I, will, I will tell you that, um, let's see. I'll give you the, the basics of it. I liked part one of Revelation more than part two. Mm. Um, I watched part one three times. I watched part two once. And I haven't felt the need to go back and watch the second half. And it's not to say that the story is, is bad or good. I just think the first half was executed better. Um, I, I like the story arc in Revelation. Um, I like um, I like where they ended. There was one particular thing. I don't know how spoilery we want to get about about it, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let, let's keep it vague for folks like um, myself so, who haven't actually seen it. I, I haven't actually seen part two. <laughs> okay, so there's there's one particular thing that happens. Um, uh, I think three episodes in at the very end, one episode, which like there's an ending of season of an episode, like say three and the beginning of episode four, where there really needs to be an episode in between explaining how they got to that point. Um, ah. Because there, there's one character and another character that are far too comfortable being around each other um, in a setting where at least one of them should be in handcuffs. <laughs> like, <Got it. laughs> so you're like, uh, how do how do we get here? How do yeah. how do we get here? Because they, they they just glossed over um, this, um, and so with, without without spoiling, I think that's where I'll leave it. Um, I will say I really liked um, the kids uh, Masters of the Universe that, that yeah. Netflix. Yeah, uh, super entertaining, super great new take on Masters of the Universe. Almost as if um, I call it, it it's Motu done as uh, Final Fantasy. Mm -hmm. uh, in a lot of ways, and I think it's just more the visual look because they're all oh, they're these you know, like skinny people with these giant broadswords a lot of the time. And um, but it, I think you know it was fun and charming, and it's like works on multiple levels. Uh, so yeah, I think I do owe I do owe a Motu episode somewhere down the line, <laughs> um, and I probably talk about my next news and views uh, episode to some extent because there there I've been ruminating on on the notion of fandom lately, and I think. Um, there are some things they see Hasbro doing um, with with uh, generations. Um, it's not to say I don't like it, but I don't like what it's signaling uh, for mm. for us as fans um, and and the route um, that might lead uh, without a little bit of course correction. Could you elaborate on that? Sure, sure. So uh, without getting too deep into it, um, and and this here, I'll, I'll I'll tie it to the last question that. Um, there's a, a, a baseball writer who I've been uh, becoming very interested in named Craig uh, Calcutera. Uh, he's got a great Twitter feed. He's got a, a newsletter that uh, is subscriber only, but he gives, puts out the one on Thursdays for free. Um, and he's got a podcast called Left of Baseball that he's part of. Um, and it, one of the things he's observed, and since I, I used to work in baseball, uh, as I mentioned before, so I worked in baseball for like a decade. Yeah. Um, so when you're on the inside, you kind of start to see it a little differently. And one of the things he, he's pointed out is how the sport is moving, moving away from trying to get new fans. Um, and you can see it with things like um, 
umpires wearing NFTs uh, sponsored on their shirt, like and like NFT companies sponsoring their shirts, and um, the influx of gambling uh, into baseball as an everyday thing, legalized gambling and sports betting and and that sort of thing, and how they're working towards putting sports near all the ballparks and things like that. And it's almost like instead of driving new fans into the game, they're looking, they're, they're content with extrapolating as much money as possible out of the current fan base. And, and thinking of that fandom in that, Ah, um, I'm seeing where you're going. You see where I'm going with this, right? Especially with a lot of what Hasbro's doing, um, you know, and, and, and the complaints, I won't want to say complaints, but the, the observations from younger fans uh, or young fans younger than myself of, hey, they're not paying attention to this line of the brand or they're not creating new characters or we haven't really developed, you know, a new version of Transformers in a while um, or the lack of marketing around Cyberverse. Like there's a lot where you're like, oh, they really are pushing hard to try to just milk the cow as much as possible right and then what happens after that um are they content with it letting it die or are they content with you know seeing where that goes or 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 is there a push to create something new that isn't a movie or a bayverse so i think um you know i think uh you know to expand on what i was saying what i was thinking about there is just like you know the, the nature of fandom is going to change as we especially as we get older um, yeah. for folks like myself and you um uh but you know where does that go for the, for the transformers brand and where does that go for 80s brands in general i mean you can see it with transformers you can see it with yeah joe you can see it with masters of the universe you can see it with with a lot of stuff um that that rolls back to to when we were young yeah well and and it's fascinating to contemplate too because it's like you know and i i i sometimes think about inevitability and and it's like okay so i'm i am way into this stuff in my 40s am i gonna be as into it in my 50s in my 60s you know it's like when i start thinking about like you know uh folks that are like my parents age and it's and it's odd again bringing it back to existential dread i guess but uh but it's odd to picture folks like us in that age group being into the things that we're in but why wouldn't we because these are things that 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 we have chosen to keep with us it's just it's just a weird dichotomy of um the artifacts of your generation that you keep with you and that they keep making for you you know it's like i i'm sure my dad would keep watching like you know, World War II movies and Westerns if they keep making World War II movies and Westerns for them. I mean, they, they toss them some stuff occasionally, but it's, you know, it's, it, it's not the same. <laughs> but Right. And when you think about, like, I, I think about my parents' generation and that, like, you know, the things my mom was into um, yeah. as, like, a collector or as a hobbyist were, like, Mickey Mouse and, uh, oddly enough, like, Pillsbury Doughboy and Coca-Cola and, like, where are those collectors in our age group? They're not really there, right? I mean, Mickey to some extent, but not the way people are into Star Wars or Marvel or or various other aspects of Disney, right? Disney has been smart enough to kind of branch out. Yeah. Um, and then you think about like the other side of that, like like our generation's like love of baseball cards. Um, is that really our generation's thing, or did that come from our parents in a lot of ways, right? And then 
as we got older and grew out of it, it stagnated and dropped off because it wasn't really for us as much as it was for them. Yeah. And like, I've been to a baseball card convention in the last couple of years. I like, I popped in to get some cards authenticated and, uh, and I was like, wow, this is like, this is a weirdly sad group of people. Like it's, it is like, you know, 40 table dealer tables and like 20 of them all know each other. And they're all like in their sixties and they're all just shuffling the same product product back and forth to each other. I was like, is that, is that what we become? Like, it, it's, it's, it's interesting to, it's not really fun to think about, but it's like, it, it's, it's, it's a good question to yeah. where we go because it predicts where the brand is going to go um, to some extent, you know, that if, if, if the brand is to survive, if any of these brands are to survive, they have to pull in new blood um, because it's an inevitability. So either they have to decide to pull in new blood or they have to say, nope, we're, we're going to, we're going to watch you go from your forties to your fifties or sixties and have more disposable income. And we're going to try to grab as much of that as possible. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, th there's, there's only so many Optimus Prime figures you can do, I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, right. I mean, like, I, I guess in a sense for, for me, at least, I guess just to make it specifically singular, there's only so many times you could put the Transformers, the movie on a box and I'll bite there. There will come a tipping point where I'm like, no, I, I, you know what? I, I, I've got it already. I, I don't need it. You know, legislation be damned. Uh, it's like, no. And, and I think that's, you know, kind of like the, the, the uh, micro version of the very macro thing that you're talking about with, with regards to management of the overall, of the overall brand it it's it's frustrating and interesting to consider how uh for a property that's been defined by by well i mean by by change in terms of like you know narrative but also the the, the conceit of the whole thing but but no how how stagnant it 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 has grown in the time that I've been part of the larger fandom. It's like, oh, cool, I'm here for this this G1 super service, but even I'm just kind of like, uh, okay, uh, uh, can can some of my friends get super serviced also? <laughs> um, can can or heavens forbid we try something new that we can all wrap our hands around and and so I don't know if it's like. Um, violently new takes like like transformers animated or you know or or um decidedly different takes in comics form i i, I don't know what it is but i i feel like you gotta do something because uh yeah at a time where even like g1ers have g1 fatigue that's a problem <laughs> yeah and i think um you know i think it, it's gonna take it's gonna be interesting to see because i understand you, know, you have to understand Hasbro's point of view on this too is that they have these iconic characters right uh they want to keep making the iconic characters so they stay iconic um yeah so how does that how do you retell these stories or how do you tell um you know how do you tell the stories that i guess the question becomes like can you can can we as a fandom get hasbro to focus on the stories that we know are good that we know mm. are worthy of a wider audience so you know for example more than meets the eye or lost light or or that that mid-era idw run right even though it is so continuity heavy um you know i, I think there's a lot of value in those stories right there's yeah. a lot of um a lot of stuff there that people would like to see 
brought to TV or to film or something along mm -hmm. those lines, right? So how how do we make that known? How do we make that known to Hasbro? Like, hey, you don't need an IP farm by reshopping the comics uh, license. I mean, you do, but you don't yeah, need yeah. it right now. You have this great batch of tales that hasn't been told in a different medium. Run with it. Or, you know what, abandon it entirely and tell us a whole new story. And, and right. we're good with that, too. Give us, you know, the, the, it's funny because I'll, I'll circle this back to the beginning of our conversation. Um, Robots in the Skies 2015. I don't know if you watched it at all. Um, no, no. Okay. Uh, did you watch Prime or you skipped Prime too? I I dipped in and out. I I, okay. I got maybe I I'll just say no for the for the sake of keep, keeping the discussion moving. Okay. So whereas Prime is kind of a basic Transformers tale of Optimus and a group of Autobots ending up on Earth to fight the Decepticons, right? Rods and Skies 2015 is a very different Transformer story. It's, it's it's aimed a little younger than Prime, but it is the continuation of the end of Prime, where now it is a group of Autobots led by Bumblebee to hide out on Earth and find all these Decepticons who have escaped a prison ship. This is a prison mm -hmm. ship that crashed, and they have to hunt them all down. Um and capture them and bring them back to Cybertron. So there's there's a loose continuity with with Prime in that um, the character models are, are so a lot of the character models are the same. Old friends show up later on, you know things like that. Optimus is no longer the leader of the Autobots. He has his own existential crisis that's kind of uh, interesting, but he shows up later. Um, but the idea is that we they told a wholly different tale. Um, you, you have a you know Bumblebee who is got a voice <laughs> which you know he didn't have in prime and then right. you have this group of autobots strong which a new strong female lead character yeah. you have sideswipe who is very much um rooted in in the original sideswipe but presented as a much younger version mm. um you have grimlock who is an entirely different character um and then you have um you have fix it who is who's a new character with an old name and i mean you have autobots and you have decepticons who you don't have Megatron, you don't have Starscream, you don't have, I mean, at the start of the show, you have a Decepticon group led by Steeljaw. It was a new character, um, not the not the cassette. And right. then, <laughs> and then, and essentially a bunch of, of, of new things to, to try to enjoy and identify. And it, it was, it was a really smart way to do the show because you rooted it a little bit in Transformers. Very similar to say, like, Star Trek The Next Generation is rooted in Star Trek The Original Series, but you have all these new faces and people to learn about. Yeah. So you've built the world, now let's play in it. Hasbro and has done, you know, 35, 36 years of building the world. We've built G, the G1 world. We've built various versions of that world. Now let's play in it. I think yeah. that's, you know, that's, that's where fans who are fatigued, and we're not 100% fatigued, I think, we're fatigued a lot, but like, so are Star Wars fans. So are Marvel fans. Like, I can't imagine Star Wars fans are like, "All oh, right, another Darth Vader," um, <laughs> you know, or another Luke Skywalker, and right? like, yeah. you know, like another Iron Man. Like, mm -hmm. at, at some point, like, I'm sure they all draw a line and be like, "Nope, we want either deep cuts or something new." And and yeah. and maybe Hasbro already knows what they're doing. I mean, because they've done it with Star Wars and they've done it with Marvel. Um, True. To to you know to be successful with the, with those sorts of things. And I think you're going to see more of that get applied to Transformers as we go forward. 
Um, so before uh, before we part ways for now, first of all, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with me and for for uh, being patient with all the technical issues. That was that was a bonding adventure. We're right now. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> yes, adventures in restreaming, I guess. But um, uh, could you let folks know? Um, one what uh, we've talked a little bit about what what you've already got coming up but you know the the uh the time to plug yourself has come you you can okay. uh, let folks know where uh, uh what you got coming up uh where we can find you on the internet and how we can connect with you out on those socials sure sure so um what i've got coming up is is kind of um somewhat up in the air i've got a yeah. couple of news and views episodes that i'm planning on doing so you can, i have two podcasts Transformers University, where we uh, follow the Transformers brand chronologically from 1984 up and through, you know, wherever I'm going to get to. Uh, uh, right now we're in, we're in 1987 and we're talking a lot about uh, uh, Europe and, and what was, was produced there. In fact, the next episode we I, I, I am doing is uh, another block of the Marvel UK uh, comics run. Uh, so we're, we're well into headmasters and, and, and that sort of thing in, in, in the university podcast and then the other side podcast to do is transformers news and views where i just kind of go on rants and talk about things or kind of just express my opinions as you've heard here um yeah. in fact in fact <laughs> I, I i'm sorry no, I was saying, which, which I like. I, I'm a huge <laughs> fan and advocate of i'm just like because i i like the i like the news but I like the views a little better. It's just, I mean, that that's why I listen to podcasts and, and engage with personalities. It's like, no, tell me what you think. I, I could get my news anywhere. But yeah, and I feel like there, I there are other podcasts that do the news thing um, much more frequently and, and, and much more concisely than I do. And, and so in, in a world of Transformers podcasts that do news really well, I'd rather at least give my perspective on it because I feel like uh, it's a unique thing. And so uh, I have a couple of news and views episodes planned. Uh, usually with the year we ring in, uh, I do. Uh, uh, it's a good time to be a Transformers fan. Uh, and so we'll do a 2022 edition of that. Plus, I have my um, my thoughts on fandom, which I started recording uh, a couple of weeks ago and then uh, didn't like how it was coming out. So we will redo that episode and get that one out as well um you can connect with me on twitter at tfu underscore info uh that's usually where i hang out but of course i'm also on on facebook uh instagram uh youtube all uh with the username tfu info all one word and of course then there is the website uh www.tfu.info we're coming up on our 20th anniversary the world's longest running transforming toy archive uh it's up to date up to early 2016 and we're working on a redesign but uh uh, it's, it's a great place to kind of just learn about the Transformers toys and, and click your way through uh, all the different versions of figures. And, and uh, I think that's all I got to plug right now. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Well, you know, as, as always, uh, uh, thank you for being my friend. I appreciate it. Oh, same here, Mike. Uh, you know, you, I've been doing the podcast now for four years, I think. And uh, I, you are certainly the, the, the one of the friends I've made based just on doing the podcast. And yeah. so it's been a lot of fun. Very cool. Well, uh, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get together sometime uh, more uh, faster than it took us this, this, this last time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and with that, that will... Finally, wrap things up for this episode. Thank you so much for listening and hanging out with us. And if you want to check out all of my past shows, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or wherever the 
heck else you listen to your podcast and you can become a Mike Cybertronian and join the MSRP friends and fans Facebook group and tune in for another one of these Mike Cyber radio podcast live streams that is streaming on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook live like share, rate and review the show. Let us know what you'd like and what you'd like to hear more of in the future for my guest. Anthony Bercali from TFU.info. My name is Mike. This has been Mike Seibert Radio. And until next time, tell all or one, Happy New Year and make good choices. You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio. Email us at MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production.